Let me share a few things from the word of the Lord with you. Firstly, I want to say that you and I are living in the last days. And I think as I become more and more aware of that, not only am I reaching for Jesus and really desiring to be closer to Jesus and to make no mistake in what he's saying. I don't want to make one mistake, not even a, a small mistake. And so I want to make sure also that you and I, all of us together, that we draw closer to God and, through, and to each other. And that's what I would like for us to do. And it is time that we look at Jesus and do whatever we see Jesus doing and not anything else. You know, not the world, certainly not the world, but just knowing what Jesus is doing and then do that. I, I've told you the story about being a child. Of course, you all probably did it. But I, I always, we would always put on daddy's shoes, daddy's clothes, and walk around in them. I never put on mommy's clothes, but maybe my sisters did. <laughs> maybe my sisters did. But, but I always put on daddy's shoes, and, and I, I could never feel his shoes. They were always too big for me. But I wanted to be like him. And I would say that all of us should... I remember President Carter used to always use this expression, let's redouble our efforts to be more like Jesus every day and not settle for just a minor relationship with him. You know, just some little easygoing relationship that doesn't cost you anything. Uh, as I was a child growing up into my, uh, my elementary years, junior high, uh, high school, we were always taught anything that was worth having was worth working for. But in this case, we're not going to work for it. We're going to pray for it. We're going to yield for it. We're going to obey for it. Amen. Do whatever Jesus wants. Uh, let me jump into the scriptures from, uh, I've been in John chapter eight. John, it's so rich. I think it would take two years to go through John properly. It would take literally two years. I think I was preaching in Matthews for maybe Matthew for maybe six months or more about that, and 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 I was just getting skimming things, getting the best I could. Let, let me share with you a revealing. This is part two, a revealing, and then I I subtitled this "Who I Am." That is who Jesus is. Remember the last time Jesus was teaching in the temple, and uh, the. Uh, uh, Pharisees just came and interrupted him while he was preaching. I thought, how rude. Well, they were rude people. They did not know God, that's why. They were religious, but they were not really in right relationship with God because they were not in right relationship with the Son. They rudely interrupted him uh, and brought a woman and threw her down in the midst and said, this woman was caught in adultery. They were hypocrites and unrighteous judges. In other words, they were judging people all the time, and uh, they were unrighteous in that. And, and one of the worst things you can be is an unrighteous judge, Amen. just judging people unrighteously when you're guilty and you're saying, oh, you're guilty, and you'll pay the maximum penalty. Well, after that rude interruption by the Pharisees uh, and the Lord re bringing rebuke uh, and, cor and correction to them, the correction he did, they did not receive, but he brought it nevertheless, they left being convicted by their consciences. So they were, the, uh, John tells us that they were 
rebuked and they were convicted by their consciences in the sense that they knew that they were wrong and had been exposed. We do not have evidence that they changed, but that was a momentary thing. One of the worst things you and I can do is come under the, the power of the Holy Spirit and then for a moment we, we are, are convicted, but we throw it away and call it condemnation or something else. And so after they left, the Lord began to resume his message to those who were gathered to hear his words. He, he, he did not allow what they were doing to cause him to do something other than what the Father wanted. So it, We learned a valuable lesson in here. So I want us to imitate him and participate in what he has shown us is available for us. And I mentioned the fact because I think that oftentimes when we, we imitate until we can participate. Uh, Brother Stan shares an amazing message on participation in the things of God. And so I would like for us to, to do so, but, but whatever you see Jesus doing, do it. For example, I, I, rem- I heard a young man preaching a number of years ago. We had him here at the church, on a ruddy young man, freckled face, reddish, red hair from Kentucky. And, and I took him his word because someone told me you should have him here and he will bless you. And so I took that word because I believed in that, in that couple. And he came and he was um, a protege of a well-known uh, evangelist. And he would say, the Lord bless you, bless you, bless you, or, or something like that. Be healed, healed, healed. He was, he was actually copying uh, the man who had influenced his life the most. But I, what I realized, what I saw in that was that he had the same results. And it was an amazing thing. And uh, I remember the young man, t- I talked to him on the phone. He said, well, I'll tell you what, Pastor. He said, I'm going to come over there, and we're gonna, when we get over there, we're going we're gonna to have revival. And I thought, who is this boy? Don't tell me when we get over there, we're going to have revival. And boy, right out of Louis, Kentucky somewhere. And so, and I thought, if I hadn't told him to come already, how can he predict revival? You know, I was thinking in those days, maybe it comes by the Holy Spirit. But when he came, we had revival. I'll tell you what, it it was an amazing revival. But I noticed how he did what he saw his mentor do. And so, if I were living in a time when I saw Jesus look up to heaven and go and look up to heaven, I would do the same thing. And so, you and I have that privilege. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And so we have that same privilege through the Word of God. And as I read more in the Word of God, as I study the Word of God, I'm finding that there are like signposts in the gospel. There are, it's amazing, and I don't want to weep, but I'm thinking, how can I read all of my life the Scripture? and desire to know the truth of God. But now, as I've been praying and asking, I'm a diligent seeker, God. I'm a diligent seeker. I want to be a diligent seeker. And now I am seeing a level of seeking God and seeing God that I've never seen. And I'm seeing that that there are so many uh, handfuls left on purpose for us. That, That for those who are diligently seeking God, they will see what the casual seeker will never find. And even though you hear it, 
you may not see it fully. And this is what has been amazing for me. So anyway, in John chapter 8, verse 12, uh, the Bible says, so Jesus resumes his message. He says, then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And it seems, it, when you look at the scripture, Jesus is saying to his followers, I am the light of the world. Jesus is not saying that everybody in the world has light. He says, I am the light of the world. And those who receive and participate in this light are those who have come to him in faith. So he says, he who follows me, you and I, all of us, shall not walk in darkness, but, change direction, have the light of life. So Jesus is inviting us to life and to understanding that we never had before and never could have without him. It is so amazing. And as he is revealing himself to more, this, is, this message is called a revealing part two, but as he is revealing himself to us, we are seeing what we have never seen in, in the depth and in the height of the scriptures. This is so amazing. So I'm asking you, don't be casual when you come into the house of God. Come in with expectancy. Come in believing that God has something for you out of, in the word of God. So when Jesus said these amazing things, I am, uh, he says, I am the light of the world. And so he is the light in our world, but there's darkness outside. In verse 13, it says, The Pharisees therefore said to him, You bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. And what they're saying is, Your witness is not valid as a testimony. You can't testify for yourself. And so Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. Don't you love that? For I know where I came from. Do you know where you're coming from? What position are you coming from? I'm coming right smack dab out of the scriptures. I'm coming out of the Holy Ghost. I'm coming out of the word of God. However you frame that, that's where I'm coming from. Jesus says, for I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you do not know where I come from and where I am going. And what Jesus is saying is, I came from the Father's throne. I came from the, the Almighty God. That's where I came from, and I'm going back to him. So that means that his testimony is valid. So you and I must now build everything on where we come from. We come from the Word of God. We come from the Holy Spirit. A number of years ago, I would always... I would try to be very careful in saying those kinds of things because even though I knew that my intentions were, were good, I was a little afraid to say some things. And the Lord has really convinced me by the conviction of the Holy Spirit that I can say some of the same things. I'm not saying all the same things, but I can say some of the same things that Jesus said, and I, am not, and I will not be lying. This is so amazing. And, and, and so the Lord wants us to begin to say those things that the Holy Spirit has made real to us without boasting. A number of years ago, I don't remember exactly how many it was, but it was in May of that year uh, when God spoke to me and he said, tell people who were somewhat resistant. Well, well, that's the pastor's opinion. He said, give them these words, and, and I've given these words. I can help you if you will let me. <laughs> 
See, those are things that Jesus could help these people, but they weren't allowing him to help them. They knew more than God. That's a terrible place to be. And so even as believers, we need to reckon ourselves dead to the things of the world and alive to God and the things of God and know that we have been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. What do you have to offer? I'm asking you. Come on, let's, let's be bold in our faith, not presumptuous. You can't live like the devil and speak for God. But let, let us, we're not going to be presumptuous. Somebody says, I was trying to get this together uh, last, I mean, this past Sunday. Just because you're in a garage doesn't make you a car. Is that how we said it? I was trying to get that thing right last Sunday. But, but just because you're in church doesn't mean you're a believer. You come into the house, so don't be presumptuous and start talking about things that you don't live and don't walk in. Are you all right with me? Jesus says, I'm reading this because I want us to be just like him. My mom used to sing a song, we shall be like him. Wow. John tells us that. John tells us that. But that is the fullness of it. Right here and now, we shall be like him. This is what God is calling us to. This is what he wants us to do right here as Elizabeth was sharing earlier. This is what he wants for us in this present sphere, this present world. He wants us to be like him. John says, help me, he says, beloved, now are we the sons of God. Now are we God's children. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. It has not appeared yet. But this is what we know. When he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So when I see him, when that trumpet sounds, and I see him in my eyes, I'm going to be like him. But when I open the word of God and I see him in the scriptures, I can be like him. I want us to concentrate on it. I want us to concentrate on it. Let me read this again. Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you do not know where I come from and where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. This is big, isn't it? He says, you judge according to the flesh. And so many times, we, we wonderful believers, we're growing in our faith. We're going to get better in our faith, but we're growing now. But we judge things because of what we see with our natural eyes. There's a spiritual eye that sees a lot deeper, a lot, lot further, a lot farther than our natural eye. So don't look at, through your natural eye and judge. Jesus says, you judge according to the flesh. You, you, so the flesh dictates you. Your own prejudices dictate you. Your own biases dictate to you. Your own human experiences dictate to you. Jesus had none of that. Let us start to do that. Let's start to walk like Jesus. I happened to say uh, to someone in my, in my sphere this morning, early this morning, and I was saying to this person, I said, 
I don't know what God has done. God has done something in me, and I don't boast in me, but I boast in the God who did it. I said, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm strange, but I love everybody. <laughs> I feel like that's, that's a strange thing. I love everybody. I don't just love people who look like me. I don't just love my R4 and no more. I don't lo love like that. I love everybody. I have responsibilities for, for my family and my children and grandchildren, but I love everybody, and I love everybody the same. I even love people who are making bad decisions. I love them. I don't want them to keep making bad decisions. I love believers who are off track, totally off track, and don't want to be corrected. I love them so much. That's what God wants us to do, wants us to emulate Jesus. He says, I judge no one, and yet if I do judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. And so what Jesus wants you to know, that every day you take a step out of the bed, you are not alone. And you are representing somebody else. You are representing Jesus the Savior. As I always like to say, you are representing him. So your representation should be a representing of Jesus Christ. And I want us to be cognizant, aware of that. Are you still with me? I want us to be aware of that more so. Then Jesus says, it is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. Notice, notice how Jesus says this. So powerful. He says, they were boasting in the law, and Jesus rebuked them and said, none of you keeps the law. Jesus is the only one who's kept the law. So if anybody comes and brings that law to you, the law, the law, and all of that, don't pay attention. Don't pay attention to them because Jesus is the only one who's kept the law, and you and I now are in him. This is what God has done for you. So then, see, the law is good. The law is, is holy. The law is righteous. It's not bad. We were bad. But so what did God do for us? Placed us in the one who kept the law. So Jesus, come on somebody. So Jesus has become the end of the law to all who believe. And so what that means is that when you come to Jesus, you, now you, what God requires of you is fulfilled. Wow, amazing, amazing. All right. He says, it is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. So that means that, that, that when you go to court, you need somebody to vouch for you. You know, you want some witnesses. And sometimes people, when they've done wrong, they still want some character witnesses. Kind of just like saying, uh, that's not his character. Well, it may have been that time. <laughs> but... But Jesus is speaking to them out of their law. And he says, listen how he explains. And what I'm seeing in these scriptures is that this is given to us today, that you and I can walk in it. But you have to be a diligent seeker. I thought all my life I was a diligent seeker. I started fasting and praying when I was in the third grade. It became more aware to me this year. Third grade. Through junior high, I was fasting and praying. I don't know why I was doing it. I just wanted to do it. I know why now, but I didn't. I just wanted high school. So I was fasting and praying all my life. I didn't realize it, but I've been fasting and praying all my life. And, then, and even in doing that, 
I'm not certain. I was a diligent seeker. I was trying to be a diligent seeker. Somebody asked Maya Angelou one time, they said, are you a Christian? She said something like this. Well, I am becoming. <laughs> she didn't have the faith to say I am, but I'm becoming. And so I'm becoming a diligent seeker. Being a diligent seeker is not half-heartedly seeking God. Seek him until it costs you something. And then you'll see what you've never seen. You'll walk in what you've never walked in. You'll realize that the things before that were impossible to you are possible. And not just being rhetoric. Just being something you say. All things are possible to him who believes. And you don't believe anything. Oh, it wasn't a bad word, but it was, I was going to use another word that may be all right. But you don't believe a thing. You don't believe until you walk in that. You, I walk in that. I believe. I, I believe, therefore I spoke. I spoke because I believe. Believing is central to us, and believing means having some action. Okay, I'm almost done. I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. So Jesus is saying, I've got two witnesses. God the Father and God the Son. And I want us to endeavor tonight that you're going to be different, that you're going to be a diligent seeker, that you're not going to settle for second best. You want everything God has for you because you have been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then they said to him, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. There are going to be some people who are going to say, Lord, Lord. He's going to say, no. Everybody who says, Lord, Lord, is not going to enter the kingdom. You and I are living in a, an amazing day when the Lord is revealing things that I've, I've never seen. And there are two or three of you in here, maybe two or three who may be older than, than me, old four. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Ore por me. But I've seen a lot in the last 10 or 12 years. Believers, what God has called us to is beyond what we have done yet. God's desire for us is that we be this living example of all that God wants. And whether we are, as it were, by ourselves or we are with other believers, that we are a light that shines brightly, that we are different from the world. We don't have the world's language. We don't have the world's point of view. We don't have that. This is what God wants us to have. We want to have the word of God coming from our lips and exemplified in our lives. Jesus said, you know neither me nor my father. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And you and I are being asked to do something greater and to be something that's not of this world, but to be truly kingdom and to be the people of God in this present world. And if you're going to do that, you have to, you have to delve into the Word of God. Just delve, dive into the will of God, Word of God. Delve into it very strongly and uh, pray 
and, and be nice. Be kind to people. And when people offend you, don't act out the flesh. When they offend you, just be loving. And learn how to be quiet. You don't have to answer everything. And when you do, see how Jesus did it in the Scriptures. And you do likewise. We have, we have a, a calling to fulfill. What is that old Methodist thing? A charge to keep I have. Do you know how that goes? Can you, do you mind standing and talking my ear? Come in. Yeah, I want you to quote it, but just a minute. I've taken a little bit longer than I intended. Come to my right. No, there are no Methodists in here. Uh, she, she left them a long time ago. Come on. I'm teasing about it. Okay, come on. Let's do the, the, the charge. You want me to sing? Don't want me to sing it. You can sing it, you want. But I just wanted to no, do it. No, 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 no. A charge to keep I have. A God. A God to glorify. To glorify. A never dying soul to save and fit it for the sky. To serve this present age, my calling to fulfill. Oh, may it all my power engage to do my master's will. That's what I want us to do. I want to charge you all. And I want you to say it again just one more time and, and then we're going to go. A God to glorify. Is that what it goes? Somewhat. <laughs> a charge to keep I have. A God to glorify. A never dying soul to save and fit it for the sky. To serve this present age. This present age. My calling to, to fulfill. fulfill. Oh, may it all my power engage to, to do, do my, my master's will. will. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you, darling. Thank you. Want me to sing the rest of the, the other three? No, no, no. <laughs> he said, said y'all heard enough. <laughs> anyway, uh, that song was in my heart, and that's where we have a charge to keep, a calling to fulfill, a God to glorify. Let's... Uh, Let's do it. Let's do it. And I'll be back in a minute. Thank you. <laughs>